Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today we're getting ready for Tiffany's big trip to the United States of America. I know. I am so excited. I cannot even express it. Give us the rundown of what the plan is and how long it's been since you've actually been back. It's been an incredibly long time since I've been back to the States. It has been four years. Four years? Four years. I know. It's hard. I can't even believe it. I used to go back twice a year when I first moved over here, and then it went down to once a year. And then all of a sudden, four years have passed. It's crazy. I don't know how it happened. Oh, well, I know how it happened. Life happened. And kind of got in the way of my traveling self. And of course, anybody who listens to this podcast knows that uh, quite a bit has changed for Tiffany in the last couple of years. Yeah, (laughs) a lot. (laughs) Since I lived there, your footloose and fancy free lifestyle has gone by the wayside. Yeah, yeah. Responsibility has taken over. But um, you know, it's funny. I used to, I obviously enjoyed going back to the States. I loved seeing my family and my friends and doing all those things that I had missed. But Going to the States was never exciting for me. It was just sort of, you know, something that you do. You visit your family, you go back, buy some clothes. But it was never exciting for me. And when I started dating my husband, he loves America. He absolutely adores it. And he, if it were up to him, you know, and money were no object and time were no object, A, we would probably live in the States. But beyond that, we would probably visit there once a year on every vacation, every major vacation would be to the States. Now, I rewind to eight years ago, eight, nine years ago when we were starting to date, I was like, okay, I don't want to go to the States every single one of my vacations. There are lots of places in the world that I want to go to. I want to go to Japan. I want to go to Israel. You know, there's all of these places that I want to go. I do not want to spend every single one of my vacations going to the United States. And fast forward now to where we are today. And I cannot wait to go to the United States. I have never been so excited. And there is literally nowhere in the world that I would rather go than the United States right now. What are you excited for? Well, I have to say, I'm excited for my family to meet my son. So that's nothing really to do with traveling. Yeah, I guess most people wouldn't know listening that a lot of your family hasn't actually met Aurelio in person yet. Yeah, only my mom and my stepfather have met him. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know how that happened. But um, just, you know, life, you know how it is. Sometimes it's just not always possible to travel. And my dad's, you know, not doing so great. And he can't really travel right now. And um, my sisters, they've all got their own busy lives. And just hasn't happened for them to come over here. And as, as I mentioned, it hasn't happened for me to go over there. And it, it really, as I've mentioned a couple times on this show before, it really weighs on me, this distance from my family now that I have a kid. I was always kind of cavalier about it before and whatever, you know, it's fine. I, I'm okay. Christmas, I would get a little bit sad, but other times of the year, I never really missed my family too much as a whole. But now that I have a son, I, it really weighs on me the sort of the distance between him, us, let's say, and them. So, so I'm really excited for that. I'm excited just to bring my kid to his other country because America is his country just as much as Italy is. 
and he lives in Italy, and so I want him to have the American experience as well, so for that reason too. And every single place I'm going holds something really exciting. And every single place I'm going I've been before. I like novelty, as you know. I like doing new things and going new places. But I, I, you know, I've been to all the places I'm going. Most of them I've been to several times, but I'm still like thrilled. And like I said, I wouldn't be doing any other trip if I could. <laughs> Has Claudio been to all the places that you're going? No, no. He's been to a couple. So the itinerary is New York, Seattle, which was a surprise addition Woo-woo. to the trip. Yes, I'm so excited. And the listener should be excited too, because what does that mean? The possibility of what? A couple episodes at least when we're in the same room together? Yeah, well, at, le- at least one. At least one. I can't guarantee you any more than one because we've only got 48 hours literally. And that doesn't count like getting to and from the airport time True. in Seattle. And so, but probably we'll be able to get one out. So Seattle, uh, Boise, where my dad is, and my sisters are all meeting up there. We're going to have a re- I have five sisters, just so you, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so when I say all my sisters, I do mean a lot. So we're going to have a little family reunion in Boise and then Scottsdale to where my mom is. And that's going to be relaxation, total relaxation. And then we're going to go to L.A. at the very end where one of my sisters lives with her two adorable kids. And I can't wait to play, you know, and have them play with Aurelio and Cousin Time. It's so important. So Yeah, that's a lot. So that's the trip. Yeah, that is a lot. That's a lot of jumping around. New for Claudio are Boise and Seattle. I wonder what he'll think of Boise. Well, you know... Boise is, it's a small town. It's not got tons of attractions, but it's got a lot of nature. And yeah. And so one of my nephews lives there, one of my older nephews, and he works at, I don't know what you would call it. It's where they train horses. Oh. And that's what he has done his whole life. He was born and raised in Wyoming on a horse ranch. So, so we're going to go visit him and see the horses and... All sorts of like family friendly things, you know. Yeah. Has Claudio ever been on a horse? Um, you know, I don't think he has. I don't think he has. You should do that. Yeah. Yeah. We should mention for anybody who's new to this show that Claudio is Tiffany's husband, if you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Aurelio is her son. And if you are new to the show, if we're going to say go back, back up a little bit and uh, catch up with us a little a little, but don't abandon the show. It's fantastic. Just go back up a little bit. Just back up a little <laughs> Just bit. Just back up. Yeah. So what English language words is Aurelio prepared to say to his relatives? I should say Aurelio has a vocabulary in both languages. Right. And he hears both languages a lot. He probably hears Italian more than he hears English just because I'm the only person in his life in his daily life anyway, that speaks English all the time. He does probably hear Italian more than English, but from what I, at least when I'm with him, I hear about 50-50 coming out of him, English and Italian. And there's certain words that he only says in Italian, like aqua, water. He never says water. He always says aqua. And he also says si. I try to get him to say yes. And like, he just has a heart. I'm like, I'll ask him a question. He'll say si. (laughs) And I'll say, say yes. And he'll go, like he can't he can't get it out but um he says also altro another or more these are his go-to words in italian he says a lot more than that but those are his always in italian and then he's got his words that he says only in english like apple and fish lots of lots of other words he says but it's strange and then sometimes there's some words that he 
knows both. I mean, he knows he can recognize both languages. If you ask him the body parts in Italian, he'll point to all the body parts. If you ask them in English, he'll point to them. He knows them both. But he will say, actually, yes, his body parts, he says all of his body parts in English. If you point to like his knee and you say, what's this? He'll say knee. The only one he says in Italian, bocca, mouth. Oh, interesting. The only thing I can assume is like my mother-in-law, like telling him, open your mouth, open your mouth. Well, you know, she's trying to get him to eat. That's, this is my, my assumption. Oh, that's so interesting. Did you find that he spoke slower than other kids since he's kind of coming out of the gate bilingual? Actually, no, I expected that. I was prepared for that. And I have other friends who have bilingual kids who talked a little bit later, but he started talking, you know, I can't even tell you when, but I, I think he said his first word that wasn't like mama or papa. I think he said baby back in November. So he was only like uh, 15 months old or something. And, and I think he's been, I think he's pretty average with most kids as far as talking. So I haven't noticed any delays yet. I haven't asked you about this for a while. Have you been able to stick to your you and Claudio's plan where he was going to speak to him in Italian and you were going to speak to him yeah. only in English yeah. for the most part. Every so often, every so often, I accidentally say something in Italian, but it's usually like if I'm repeating something someone's just said. I noticed it, I said it today. Claudio said something to him. I think he said, Papà te lo da. Daddy will give it to you. And I sort of just repeated, si, si, papà te lo da, da or, you know, and... I was, oh, I just said that in Italian, but it was because I was repeating it. I think 99% of the time speak to him only in English. And I have a friend who I, I may have mentioned on the show before. Her kids are older. They're, I think, four and six. And she, you know, she does speak to them in English, but she often speaks to them in Italian too. And I asked her, I was like, why do you speak to them in Italian sometimes? I don't get it, especially because her Italian is good, but it's not really, really natural for her. And she said that she doesn't really do it on purpose, but that she feels when she's with an Italian person, like let's say her mother-in-law who doesn't speak English, she feels that it's rude for her to speak English to her children when she's in front of an Italian person. And I guess it just never struck me, maybe I'm ruder than she is, but it just never struck me as a rude thing to do, to speak to your own children in your own language, even if someone else doesn't understand. Yeah, so I don't do that. I just, that doesn't cross my mind. Yeah, I suppose the only rude thing would be if you were saying, Aurelio, don't you think your grandmother is a terrible person? <laughs> or something like that. Then, yeah, that would be then bad. Then that would be a little bit more uh, objectionable. Yeah, that would not be good. What about Claudio? Has his English gotten better as a result of this I sort of bilingual has. household you are in? I think it has. I think it has because he hears English more often in the home because I'm speaking it to Aurelio all the time. He actually speaks English to Aurelio too occasionally. Not often, but sometimes he does. There's certain things that he'll say to him in English. And he definitely hears more English in the home because he's with me more than he's with Claudio because Claudio works more than I do. So yeah, and then he goes to um, a really, really great daycare that's run by Filipino nuns. Absolutely the most adorable people that I think I have ever met. <laughs> like I literally am like, can I, can I just stay, spend the whole day here with you guys? No, they're the sweetest women I have ever known. And I asked them when he first started, I said, do you guys speak English? Because I know that in the Philippines, English is a very common language. And they said, oh, yes, we speak English. I said, can you speak English to my son, please? And they do it. They do it. Now, if they're speaking to all of the children, they're going to speak in Italian. But if they're just talking to him, they speak in English. So 
he gets a little bit of extra English that way. So that's good. I'm happy with it. I'm happy with his language level right as it is. And I, and I really think that this month in the States is going to help his English. It's going to like solidify it a little bit. I was just thinking that I wonder if it will change anything for him to be completely surrounded by the English language for a change. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, kids are very adaptable. They get used to things really, really fast. He might not even phase him. But I do have to say that my mother-in-law told me the story that he was over at her place and she was giving him lunch and she knows some English words. And she said, fish, fish. I think she said pesha, you know, or something. You want some pesha? And then she said, fish. And he looked at her and he said, mama. Oh, <laughs> like as if to say, you're speaking my mother's language. That's the word my mother oh. uses. <laughs> yeah, reminded, all of a sudden reminded that you're not around. That's very cute. So in going back to your upcoming trip and the fact that you haven't been here for so long, you have to give yourself a little bit of a break because having a baby isn't exactly a great time to hit the road, you know, and go on a huge long trip. You sort of are in that moment of just trying to orient yourself to your new life. But at the same point, do you think that you just sort of along the way, the longer you wore away or the older you got or whatever, the more settled you are, you just started losing a little bit more of that wanderlust must be on the move attitude? Um, I think a little bit. I think a little bit, but I still have it. It's still a part of me. I was thinking the other day I was in the metro. I don't know if you, if anyone else ever does this, where they are in a situation where they can kind of imagine that they're doing something else that's sort of physically similar. I don't know if that makes sense. Give us an example. Well, this is the example. I was walking down the train tracks of the subway, and in my mind I was like almost like in an airport or in a train station, and I was going on a trip in the same way you might, you know, be walking down the train tracks at a train station, or you might be bustling along to get to your gate in time to leave for your trip. And I'd just been listening to this podcast called Happier. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's hosted by the woman who wrote a book called The Happiness Project. I think her name is Gretchen Rubin, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's right. That's great. It's hosted by her and her sister. It's really great. I really recommend it. But I just kind of started listening to it. And so I'm sort of looking at all these episodes and the titles and seeing sort of what, what jumps out at me. And one of them was called Tame the Travel Beast. So I clicked on this thinking this was going to be an episode about how to like keep yourself from being obsessed with travel. <laughs> That's, that was like my take <laughs> on that. Because that is what's keeping you from being happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> who knows? But I'm like, the travel beast, what is a travel beast? I'm like, it's that irrepressible urge to travel that you just cannot control and you have to tame it, you know? And so I'm like, well, what else, what else could it be? So I listened to this episode and they're talking about how both of them get freaked out and stressed out and super anxious whenever they have to travel and they turn into like these ogres because they're so stressed out about traveling. And I just could not identify with that. I love traveling so much that I love every part of it. Now, I don't love like being delayed in an airport, okay? But like I love getting to the airport and checking in and like the anticipation of it. And okay, here, this is the next step. You know, it's like a step-by-step process. You check in, then you go through security and then you get to your (laughs) gate and then you wait to get on and then you get on board and you find your seat and it's just like more and more exciting. And, you know, you're thinking about where you're going and you're taking off and 
And of course, yes, there are stressors. I have been late for flights. I have missed flights and that sucks. But I just don't feel like that is enough to stress me out because at the end of the day, I'm traveling. It's a good thing, right? I think you might be a little bit unusual in the airplane excitement part, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, think you can be excited to get somewhere. Unless you're flying business class, Tiffany, I feel like, well, how could you possibly be looking forward to a flight? I don't think I actually like, well, I'm not going to say I don't like being on the flight. I like that too. I get bored if it's a certain number of hours, but if it's like an hour and a half flight, there's something nice about, and it's the same with being on a train. Like I love being on a train. There's a certain point where it starts to get boring. I think it's the two hour mark or maybe the three hour mark. Yeah. But up until that point, I'm like, this is so fantastic. All I have to do is like sit here and read a book or relax or watch a movie in motion. I'm going somewhere, but I can relax at the same time. Okay. That's not going to be the case because I'm going to be with my son. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I need to just like not even have any kind of expectation of relaxing on the plane because it's probably going to be hell. <laughs> but while I was walking through the metro station the other day, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about like, oh my God, I cannot wait to be in the airport, checking in and going through security and getting on the plane. I cannot wait. But I do think part of that comes from the fact that I haven't traveled in so long. Yeah. that I'm only remembering the positive things. Well, and it might be that you're getting older. I mean, more than one person has mentioned to me that when they're on flights now versus when they were on flights in their 20s, say, they like it more because it's the one spot in the world where people can't call you on the phone or text yeah. you or do your email. I mean, you can do it now, but you don't have to do it. Yeah. You're kind of away at that point. Yeah. So, I, yeah. It is nice. It's nice. You're kind of untouchable. You're in like a little bubble. Yeah. So do you think having been away from the United States for so long that you might actually start to listen to Claudio's pleas to move here? Well, yeah, I'm already open to it. It's really more about what we would do for work first. Like that's kind of where, you know, we're kind of at a practical stage in our lives. You know, having a little kid does that to you. I would be willing, but there would have to be a good opportunity. We would both have to have good opportunities. And Which, by the way is a total change from what people would have heard you say I when know. we started this podcast three years ago, where you were like, no way am I ever, ever moving no, back. I that's... never said that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, oh, you're going to have to yes, dig. You did. We will have, have to, to dig, dig back through the archives. archives. Somebody write in and back me up here. I never, I said I would never move back. You said that you would rather move to southern France well, yeah, anywhere I would. else other than live in the United States. Yeah, that you would never move back. Okay, there's a difference between southern France and anywhere else. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can promise you there are a few places in the world that I would pick the U.S. over. <laughs> I don't know, Katie. Yeah, things have changed. Things have definitely changed. When did we start? How many years has it been? It's been like three years or it's, something, hasn't it? It's been, yeah, it's been about three years. We started in 2014. <laughs> That's probably the biggest change in my life in these past couple of years that I've ever had. I don't know. It, you know, it changes with my mood. I'm not even going to make any big statements because it really depends on how I'm feeling in the day. Well, I'll be looking forward to hearing what culture shock you experience having come back, coming back. I will let you know, but I have to tell you, I've never really suffered from culture shock that much as in reverse culture shock, going back to my own country. I adapt really easily. Maybe that's why I make a good expat 
I don't know, but I always feel like, oh, I should have culture shock, but I'm always like, this is fantastic, root beer, Reese's Pieces, sales. I mean, all of you just like go into a shop and like the shop assistants treat you so well. I'm just like, oh my God, I love it here. People are so nice. I love that. Root beer, Reese's Pieces and sales are what you're looking forward to the most. <laughs> Besides family. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's that's the main draw. But you know, those little things make it so much better. Yeah, but I'm t- like making a mental list of like the things I have to make sure to experience. And root beer is number one. Okay. <laughs> but good root beer, hey? Good root beer. Not that A&W kind of stuff. No, no. No. Good root beer in a glass bottle. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'll be able to get that. No problem. If not, we can wrangle up some for you in Seattle, I'm sure. Yeah, and maybe some chocolate and peanut butter ice cream. Mm, yeah, we could definitely do that. Baskin Robbins? Yeah. Oh, Baskin Robbins. Nobody goes there anymore. Nobody goes there anymore. Yeah, that's so passe, Tiffany. You didn't. You don't realize <laughs> that Seattle's undergone not only a cupcake and a pie movement, they've also gone through an ice cream renaissance. Wow. So you are about to experience amazing ice cream if you want to. I don't know if it rivals your gelato over there. You know, we could get really snobby about this, but I, I think that there are a few places in Seattle that would like to take you on, so... Well, you know what? I have to say that what makes Italian gelato so good is that it's natural ingredients. And I think that that is, that is where Italy will always edge out the United States every single time because the U.S. uses artificial ingredients in everything. No, not true anymore. Seems like. Not true anymore. No? We're having a renaissance. All right, we'll have to see. At least in Seattle. At least in Seattle. Okay. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to you getting here. And it's possible that when I first see you for the first time that I may record you. Well, that's what happened the last time we saw each other after being away from each other for a long time. And wow, that already feels like a long time ago. Aurelio was three weeks old. I know. It was a long time ago. I need to get back over there too. Yeah. So let's talk about your travel situation right now. I know you haven't taken any big trips Mm, lately. No, but But I've been traveling a lot. I've been doing a lot of like tiny, a lot of tiny trips this, this year. Well, what do you consider tiny? Like a short trip or not very long, far away? Both. For instance, tomorrow, um, Derek and I are just taking an overnight trip. We're going to just drive for about an hour and a half. It's just all like these little puddle jumpy places. I had to go to Chicago for work and New York for work. And I consider anything little that's not me flying more than five hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's spoken like a true expat. Right. Yeah. Because I wouldn't say going from Seattle to New York is a little trip. I wouldn't call that a little trip. Yeah. No, actually, I really actually that I almost despise that more than flying to Europe. Why? I don't know what it is about that New York to Seattle flight, but it is just, it feels so long. It feels longer in some cases than like a nine hour flight. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just, maybe because you don't have time to maybe sleep. Maybe it's because it's domestic. It's just so. It's more uncomfortable. Horrible. Domestic flights are uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't mind being in New York, but getting to New York is like one of my least favorite things. Generally speaking, I like to fly three hours or less if possible. Well, yeah. And I really like driving to places. So on weekends when I feel like I need to get out of town, occasionally I'll just take a little road trip by myself or something like that. So you've been traveling solo. Uh, It's hard to say. (laughs) (laughs) Sometime soon I'm supposed to go to see my sister in Montana and I'm thinking about driving there instead of flying to make it more of an adventure. And how long of a drive is that? It's like 10 hours. Ooh. Yeah, I think I might Oof. break it up over two days to make it a real kind of fun adventure instead of like a long, grueling adventure. 
where would you stop? Mm. Like, what would it be like Eastern Washington? Somewhere in Eastern Washington or like after you pass into the Idaho border, somewhere in there. There's a big mountain pass on the way to her house. So probably somewhere before that part. That's a more tiring part of the journey. What about like a little mountain village? Well, we don't have villages here. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, a, a town. Towns. Right, a little town, towns. a little mountain town. Um, yeah, that would be fun. I mean, nothing's going to be as picturesque as somewhere in Europe. <laughs> well, still, the States is gorgeous too. There's, you know, a lot of amazing places there. Oh, there are. I'm not saying that. Sometimes it takes like the distance of four years to be able to really appreciate it. I know. I couldn't have cared less about America's beauties when I left. But now I'm like, oh my God, I cannot wait to see mountains or whatever it is. Seattle, to see those hills, to see those evergreen trees. Yeah, hopefully Mount Rainier will be out for you. Lake Washington. Yeah. Well, we should probably leave it there, but uh, I can't wait till you get over here. That's going to be great. I know. That was actually some of the best news I've I've gotten uh, in the recent months. So thank Aww, you for that. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> True. It's a lot of bad news around here. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for uh, coming over here and giving us something to look forward to. Oh, well, it's my pleasure. Believe me, I'm so excited. I just, I just can't wait. Can't wait to be with my girls. Yeah. And the interesting thing, too, I don't know if we've mentioned it on the show, but by the time you get here, I will officially be unemployed. <laughs> I want you 24-7, Katie. My days are your days. Yeah, within <laughs> reason, of course. I'm excited to have you here. And I hope, I can, I'm excited to hear what Claudio uh, thinks of good old Seattle. Yeah, he's very excited, I have to say. Like, he's really... You know how it kind of came about? Because we were originally not going to come to Seattle. Because Not because we didn't want to, but just because we had all of these obligations. That I mean, they're wonderful obligations, but they were, you know, family obligations. Well, New York is a, is a work thing. And then the rest, Boise, Scottsdale, LA, are all family obligations. And we just thought, how in the world are we going to fit Seattle in? And as, as our listeners know, I'm from Seattle, but I don't have any close family there. I just have one uncle who is my favorite uncle, but no brothers, sisters, anything like that, parents. And so we thought, you know, I got, I really want to go, but how, it's just not possible. We had to think about Aurelio and flying and da, da, da. Well, you can thank the fact that Claudio is terrified of taking any connecting flights on this trip with Aurelio. He's terrified. He's terrified of being stuck. He's terrified of missing our flight. He's terrified of having a, like a huge layover. So he was trying to figure out a way to do this trip without taking any layovers. And if any of you out there have traveled to Boise or are from Boise, you know that there are not a lot of places, at least on the East Coast, that have direct flights to and from Boise. And so we were going to have to get a connecting flight. And one of the connecting flights that we were looking at went through Seattle. He said, oh, geez. I mean, the idea of being in the Seattle airport and not being able to go see the city where you're from, I just can't, that would just be so frustrating. And then I said, hmm, I wonder if we could leave New York a day early and get to Boise a day late and have two days in Seattle and I thought there's no way he's going to go for this because he's the more practical one, let's say. I mean, I'm not going to say I don't think about Aurelio because I definitely think about Aurelio, but he is very much like overprotective, let's say. <laughs> so he's always like, oh, we can't force him on all these flights. It's going to be tiring. So I was sure that he wasn't going to go for it. And I said, let this be your decision because I had made so many of the decisions for this trip, basically all of them. And I said, you decide. 
if we go to Seattle or not. And he said, yeah, let's go. And I think it's the, I mean, I hope we'll see, we'll see what happens. He's been getting sick a lot lately. So let's cross our fingers that he doesn't get a bug on the plane. Aurelio, not Claudio, by the way, on that. Oh, yes. Aurelio, sorry. (laughs) I should say it's absolutely the right decision because it is a little bit shocking to me that you would have been married and with somebody for as long as you've been with Claudio and he's never seen your hometown. I know. That'd be like if you met him here and you had never bothered to take a trip to Rome. It is really strange. It makes sense to me that he would say, let's do it. It's going to be an amazing trip. It's going to be exhausting because like I said, we've got five flights plus a long drive, but it's going to be good. Yes, I'm so glad I'm going to see you guys because I was like, how am I going to get to see those girls? Can I get them to come and visit me in LA? I'm like, that's never going to happen. I would have done that. (laughs) I can't ask that. that. (laughs) We should leave it there. Before we end though, I want to just say a couple things. Obviously, we still haven't done the loneliness episode. So we still would love your voice memos commenting on loneliness and how you cope with it when you are experiencing it. You mean we haven't done the follow-up loneliness episode. We did do a loneliness episode, right? but we're going to do a follow-up with some of your voice messages and emails. So keep sending them in. We were getting some really, really thought-provoking ones. Send those to the bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at mail.com. I also want to mention that next week, Tiffany is going to be traveling and my parents are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary, Woo-hoo. which means... Not only is that a wonderful thing, but we will not have a show next week. <laughs> so it is nothing personal, but uh, two giant things. Tiffany taking a toddler onto a plane and coming to the United States. And my parents celebrating 50 years of wedded bliss. will be taking both of our attentions next week. But then the following week, it might be one when we're actually in person and we can get your impressions of what it was like to come back into the United States. And maybe we can get Claudio and Aurelio's impressions as well. We'll see. We'll see. That sounds like fun. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. We welcome your questions and your feedback. Reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at mail.com.